Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to AusBiz Australia's only live streaming markets and business channel. Great to have your company as we kick off the afternoon with a call on this Friday as we analyze 10 stocks that you suggest when we put it to an expert panel and we always keep the best till Friday and of course that means <laughs> Jumbay Lou from Tribeca. How are you Jumbay? Good I'm to see you. I'm fantastic. And I suppose it means Adam Dawes from Shaw as well. I just, I, get dra- <laughs> I just get dragged into this one. So yes, I'm well, thank you David. Yeah, yourself. good. Welcome to Friday. How's the yes. week been? It's been really busy, really, really good. And we've even got some corporate stuff going on today, IAG, raising some capital, right. uh, which is quite big in the market at the moment. But yeah, it's, it's been a really busy week, but a really good one. Satisfying. Yeah, good. Jumbo, what about you? Yeah, no, it's been very good as well. And it's interesting to see towards the end of, almost towards heading into the year end, there are still so many activities happening. Mm. Um, and a lot of them, the AGM and others, and the share price reaction has been quite, um, quite large, actually, quite active. Right. Yeah. And our market keeps going up. And so that's, that's why it's good, cuddle, yeah? Cuddle. Every yeah. day, it's little, just yeah, by yeah. little, by yeah, little, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, yeah. So a Santa rally through to the end of the year, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Look, at this, mar- this month, market has done a lot. So right. potentially yeah. there's a bit of pullback, but into yeah. the year end, everything looks good. You know, consumers yeah. look good, co- corporate looks good, um, election out of the US election out of the way, and, you know, things look mm. pretty reasonable. Yeah, so. oh, I probably think we might have been having our Santa rally now. I just right. got yeah, that feeling early. that it's sort of six, eight, we might have come against some bit of traffic there, a bit of level. We're at sort of six five and a half now, so right. six thousand eight hundred will probably be a bit of a stumbling block for us. So potentially, I think we might go flat into mm. the end of the okay. year because we're having our rally now. But look, who knows? It has yep. been a year to remember. Yep, two thousand and twenty. We'll yep. put that one behind us, and, and we're going to and the what year. a week as well. We're getting towards the Christmas here. Jumbe wanted to know if we had any watermelon juice for today because it's a Friday. <laughs> So we got her a seltzer instead, so, which is the, from the Mighty Craft uh, Group, which is listed on the, uh, on the Stock Exchange. And of course, they're a sponsor of the last call this afternoon at uh, 4 p.m. as we wrap up the week with a few drinks. So we thought we'd uh, break into the bar a bit <laughs> earlier. It's a Friday, which is a, which is a beauty. Absolutely. So it's going to be all on today for, here for the call. Let's... Um, Let's kick off though with um, uh, with the stock of the day and Redbubble. I thought we'd take a look at first the retailer in focus. Uh, a week out from Black Friday and Cyber Monday, the company uh, today appointing the former chief Seek executive Michael Ilzinski. Ilzinski, um, I think his surname yeah. is, um, as yeah. a new chief executive from January 21. Uh, the brokers at Citadel Magnus uh, maintaining. Their outperform rating on Redbubble and this C-suite change. Of course, Martin Hoskins, the founder, has come back in as chief executive because the previous chief executive got outed. So this is hopefully going to settle the senior executive team at Redbubble down. Uh, Jumbe, what do you think of Redbubble? Of course, they're the group that allow artists to sell their 
um, merchandise online is a sort of a, mm. um, a listed marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like Redbubble, um, although it is towards that speculative end, um, yeah. simply because um, you know it's expensive and it, it's been growing really fast, and it, it's absolutely a um, you know the COVID sort of beneficiary, given people buying masks and doing a lot of e-commerce mm. related things. Uh, but I like it because the company is um, uh, has done very well in terms of broadening out their product range because that was previously was too narrow. Um, they make a very good margin out of all the product they do, and the company is actually trading on the free cash flow yield of 4%. Mm. Uh, this is very rare wow. for a lot of those, um, you know, tech sort of uh, space. So it's actually cash generative, it's good business. Um, and um, now heading into the next two months will be the key period, which is November and December, that's generates majority. Right. Yeah, that's the majority of their thing. So um, there is a bit of risk heading into it, but I think they will do quite well. The appointment really add to the, um, the, the, the caliber of the executive yes. team. Uh, he's highly regarded. Um, and I think that, um, you know, with his caliber and, you know, going forward, I think it certainly adds, um, mm. adds a lot more. So I like it as a speculative. Okay. So um. I like it as a speculative as well, mm. just because it has had that really nice pullback. It hit some highs. It's mm. now come back $4.85. It jumped today on the announcement mm. uh, of that new CEO. Um, it, it looks interesting. And really, um, most of the sectors that are contributing to the growth have grown over 100% year on year. Now, despite face masks slightly pulling back over July and uh, through to September, yeah. because they obviously went hard and now sort of coming back a little bit, uh, their margins are fantastic. You've got to remember there's a little bit of currency in there because they do a bit of uh, international stuff as well. So something to watch yeah. around that currency side of things. But overall, the platform is growing and they've got to manage costs. I think that's the biggest risk is managing costs. And then also managing that AI, because this is a, an, a, a, an AI platform. And sometimes people can slip off the back of that AI if that programming is not correct. So they've got to make sure that that programming is right to make sure that the products are moving forward at the same time. But for me, compound annual growth, I think of, of, of around yeah. sort of 150%, it's like ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's a buy. Yeah, and it's, it's so much cheaper as well compared to it's comparable like the Kogan's and the uh, Tempo in Webster, yeah. which is more domestic. This one is the international. And it's so much cheaper than its closest peer, which is Etsy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's in the US. So yeah, I was just going to say it's, it's an Australian version of Etsy, but the beauty of it is a retail that carries no stock. It carries the, so the, people the buy things. Yeah, that's right. All, and then they order. The exactly. Yeah. So um, Etsy. The yeah. So Etsy, they essentially outsource everything. So you know, yeah. uh, uh, the the artists put it on, and then they fulfill yeah. it. These guys actually have better control. So um, someone places the order, then they'll go fulfill it, and mm -hmm. then they will deliver it. So they have better control across everything. Uh, right. But at the same time, not carrying any inventory risk because the end customer understands that you know it's a customized product. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, good wrap there. For Redbubble, let's get into the first of the 10 stocks that you've suggested. And uh, Jumbei, first up, uh, Oliver wants a view on Whitehaven Coal. Coal! Oh, no, that's a dirty word on the market at the moment, is it? Sort of the coal producer. Um, mainly in New South Wales, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, right. Out near Narendra. Yeah, it is a premium producer, um, but to my view is that exactly like you said, um, uh, it's, um, you know, the ongoing ESG issues for um, that sort of, um, that category, that type of asset is going to be uh, intensifying over the years, uh, over the next many years. Um, we're already seeing uh, globally institutional investors pulling back from investing in that, that type of asset. So what that means is that a lot of those assets will have limited life. 
Um, so the end value is much difficult to ascertain. Uh, we don't know if it's 10 or 20 or even five. So, um, so on that type of asset, it, for me, it's a void. Um, in the short term, you know, the coal price has improved a little bit on better yeah. outlook, um, given the growth and, and the like. But uh, for me, it's probably a sell at any of those um, jumps. Right, so, so you keep out of that sector altogether, the coal sector? Is that, that a general view? A uh, general view for me is that I tend to avoid the whole, yeah, yeah that okay. sector. I thought we agreed that we were going to agree on everything. <laughs> I, I disagree. I think this is a buy. Um, our analyst, uh, his name's Rocky, Peter O'Connor. Right. Um, he has got a strong buy on this one and has had it for the last two to three weeks. Um, one of the things that I think, and we'll see Whitehaven's share price increase, is that Newcastle Coal today came out with some news that uh, when they had those wild storms that came through a couple of days ago, one of their slip ports actually got uh, damaged which means that they aren't going to be able to export as much coal. Now, that can be up to around about 500 million tonnes that they're not going to be able to export out. Now, we know supply and demand. Basically, if something then uh, coal can't be exported out, there will be limited supply. Hence, the price will move higher on the back of that. Now, Newcastle is quite a big slip port. There's about six other ports for them to sort of move that coal. Mm. But that will affect... Whitehaven, so that could be a negative, but then the, the higher prices in coal on the back of that uh, disruption of supply should outweigh that. We think that they, or the, the, the business or Newcastle saying that could be up to two weeks. We think it could be up to actually nine months before they nine get this, this slip away back in wow. roll, uh, in. So that's news that just came out today. Um, we think that that loader uh, obviously is going to take a lot more time to go through, but that's not just going to affect Whitehaven. That's going to be Peabody, Yuan Coal, Centennial Coal. Uh, and Whitehaven as well. So um, I, we really like it. China's also playing a little bit of funny buggers at the moment with our coal and uh, putting a lot less premium on our coal versus the Indonesian coal and those kinds of yep. things to get more deal flow, I guess, and sort of keeping us out on the cold a little bit as well. But I think Whitehaven should have a $1.50 to $1.60 price target on it in the next coming couple of weeks. So I think okay. it's a buy. Mm, okay, all right. Um, let's go to our next stock um, and our viewers want to view Adam on Tilt Renewables. This yeah. is um, New Zealand sort of renewable energy business. Uh, and they get energy out of um, sort of mud yep. sort of areas, geothermal, um, geothermal yep, wind, stuff like that. the whole thing. Yeah, so uh, it, it's actually um, um, a subsidiary of Infratil or Infratil. So it's, ah. it's actually sort of been born out of that and, and that's in the renewable energy source space. Yep such as wind, solar, those kinds of things. They operate wind farms here in Australia as well as in New Zealand, but then also the geothermal stuff as well. Um, look, you look at the share price and it's actually done okay. Um, um, yeah, so I'm sort of a little bit perplexed and maybe this goes into the ESG sort of line where people aren't looking at coal, but they'll look yep. at these kind of renewable things to, to move forward. Um, however, the business has had a bit of a slump in revenue and that was well flagged to the market, but they did talk about this LGC, and this is the first acronym that I've heard of it today, but it's a large scale generation certificate. Basically mean that, uh, basically how much they're gonna pay per megawatt for this wind or for the solar. And they've said the forward prices for 2020 and 2021 are gonna half from $34 mm. to 16 or 15.60. Okay. So uh, they're gonna have to produce more energy to keep that revenue line or that profitability line going forward. New Zealand actually did well. They were up sort of 4% on the revenue line, but the Australian market is down 59%. So I think I'll be cautious right. on this one going forward. 
Uh, I think there's probably some better other energy generation plays out there that you would do okay in. And I'd probably say in this sort of the bigger sector. Um, but so it's a no All right. from me. There's our first agreement. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So um, it's a no from me. Um, I think this is, what's interesting is that um, renewable, as we talked to Cole before, renewable is definitely the area where um, a lot of people are throwing money at, and that is probably the future. Now, the question is, um, because there's so much government subsidy across um, a lot of those newer space, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and those subsidies are essentially there to help the industry to establish themselves and eventually become viable. Um, and with prices movement like that, essentially just means the government will try to make help them to become commercial yeah, and yet at the same time pulling back so um, you know don't just blank going out and buy all the renewable uh, renewable asset because they're still at early stage of driving the um, sustainable return out of those areas and then if right. you look at the pricing such as you know we talked to before how, how it's halving it's yep. essentially just in that transition phase so still too early um, yeah. but you know do your work in a few years time this will become more commercial and more profitable okay. business so this is in infratil's portfolio so it's a, yeah so, so it's a subsidiary it, of yes yeah, it came infratil came up last week i think on the call and right. got really good raps mm saying as a infrastructure play yes um this is an infrastructure stock that has is sort of halfway between infrastructure and a private equity type group mm. and mm. Uh, actually got some two mm. ticks and went into the calls portfolio but, but that so, makes sense though if it's a private equity model they'll just yeah. wrap up assets yeah and package them back to the market yeah so but all yeah. in infrastructure so That's is that right. is that a better bet than tilt renewable. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So that one will be much more sustained, and uh, you know you get a bit of yield, uh, more sustained, and also gain exposure to some of those investments. Yeah. So, um, and then if you want, uh, you know, when investors look at uh, renewable, they probably have a quite a large um, future pipeline that go into that space, yeah. um, and yet at the same time taking less risk um, right. compared to this one. So I would definitely be sitting. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. um, Jumbay, our next stock uh, up for adjudication is uh, Althea. Uh, a pharmaceutical group um, and recently got its cannabis license to um, manufacture cannabis infused beverages uh, in Ontario in Canada. Uh, we're not drinking it. This is just a straight seltzer. So uh, because it's a Friday, we start early. Um, what do you think about it? Uh, look, I think for that, uh, for me, it's a uh, uh, it's 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 a void uh, at this point. Um, I think the whole sector um, went through that boom in the last many years oh, yeah. as the North American market opened up for uh, the leisure use of um, uh, cannabis, um, yeah. and um, and then there was a lot of planting and a company uh, going to many different areas. Um, and uh, however. Um, you know, I think with this company as well, that uh, many of them were focused trying to waiting for the Australian license to be more open up for um, the leisure, and it never did, yep. Yep. or yet to take place. Um, so the market for Australia is very small. Um, now going to the beverages and the like, um, potentially the market is, uh, is large, but it's extremely competitive, um, and we just not sure. Um, you know. Um, you know, it's it just too early at that stage, um, right. and uh, and then the competitiveness, and then given the whole market is yet to really adopt that in a big way, so yeah. it's too early. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a no from me as well. The whole sector is is due for potentially a re-rate, mm. but it's going to take time. And you think about it, the banks 
uh, aren't going to lend you money for it. You can't move your product from border to border. Yeah. Uh, it, it just becomes very, very difficult as yeah. a business to run this. Now, I like the health benefits of it. I love the idea of, you know, um, and, and, and keeping people safe from all of these diseases or um, what's the one where you get uh, seizures uh, and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think that's great. Um, Althea just actually came out the other day and said that they've just got a contract in Germany to yes. put their products out there. Um, the, their health department, the German health department said they've granted all their necessary licenses and their initial order of 2,000 uh, products expected to be delivered. So that's actually quite big with they, and they've said the population of approximately 83 million. They expect that man medical cannabis market to be around about one and a half billion euros by 2025. So mm. all the numbers are huge. Yep. Yeah, we know the numbers in the US have been big. We know that all of these things, but here in Australia, it's very, very difficult. And even in the US, we've seen the rise and then the fall because it used to be quite expensive and uh, to, to produce these kinds of things. And the margins are getting squeezed because there's more and more people doing it. More so competitors yeah. more competitors, in, more it's supply. easier to do it. You get, and then more supply yep. and still the demand there, but more supply. And so those margins are getting squeezed. So yeah, it's, it's not one for me and nothing in that medical cannabis space uh, interests me at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Actually, so, that's a very good point. Uh, yeah. The market supply, not just supply in terms of product, it's a supply of all the um, IPOs and listing. Uh, probably 18 months ago um, yeah. in the Canadian market and other markets has meant there was a flood of those businesses and the return yeah. from those IPOs has been um, terrible. All gone. Um, yeah, they're all gone because literally investors were rolling from one to another right. um, because there were so many um, yeah. and uh, many of them haven't perform very well so there's a bit of um, you know um, oversupply um, across the entire and, uh, and that's interesting because when you get a, a big push like that a trend a hot sector yeah. usually the first one um, creates a bit of a dominance so mm, yep. you stay with them but by the sound of it there's not one dominant company in here so Ozcan probably Oscan, that's the, big, the, the biggest, biggest one, in one. Australia, yeah. uh, and one of my clients is one of their pain management doctors uh, for them he really likes it, but he said there's a long runway to go before right. it can really start to get moving. So okay. uh, I don't mind the edible space and these sort of the beverages. I think, yeah. you know, and we've seen large tobacco companies moving into these things as well because they can see that's the future. Yeah. Just profitability is very, yeah. very difficult. Okay. All right. Uh, there you go, uh, Cecilia. Thank you for that suggestion. Uh, Flexi Group is our fourth viewer pick today, sent in by Jimmy. Now, Flexi Group held its AGM yesterday, unveiling its entering into two new partnerships with AGL and MasterCard. We spoke with the Flexi Group Chief Executive, Rebecca James, about this, and this is what she had to say. The MasterCard five-year deal is about uh, really taking bundle and distributing it throughout their network uh, into new markets for us. Uh, and Bundle is and was the first buy now, pay later product that literally can be used anywhere that MasterCard um, is accepted. And so what we're seeing, particularly, uh, you know, globally with the, just with the surge in popularity of buy now, pay later, um, many banks have been caught out. You know, there's a fundamental shift uh, across every single market uh, from, from credit cards, and that's where the displacement's occurring towards buy now, pay later products. Uh, and, and because this product runs on MasterCard rails, uh, it's a fantastic way for banks to easily and readily make, take availability of this fantastic product construct that we've created, a great credit decisioning model, uh, wonderful tech stack. Uh, Rebecca James there earlier on Ausbiz from uh, Flexi Group, about to uh, 
sort of jazz its brand up and, and become hum in the near future as well and get mm -hmm. in that. Uh, Flexi Group's always sort of moaned a bit that they are the original buy now, pay, <laughs> pay later, but have been, aren't quite as sexy as Afterpay and Zip and Sezzle and the like. Uh, what do you think of Flexi Group? Well, I think it certainly is very cheap relative to the other um, uh, yeah. pure buy now, pay later space. Um, I think fi Flexi, uh, in a way, it's true. It is one of the early mm. adopter of that type of business model, but it is um, belongs to the you know the old school days where you know you go to retail, um, you know retail yeah. shops, and then you sign up and all of that. But I think over the last few years, especially since the new CEO took over, they really try to reinvent their business, um, more digitize uh, some of their products. So I think um, early signs it looks pretty good, and then they're signing up with all these partners. Um, honestly, I think most of those buy now pay later companies they're all signing up those. Uh, those partners yeah, um, yeah. globally so um, I, I, I you know I think it's a good start um, and but what's interesting is that um, for not a very expensive valuation um, current business the actual core business is not doing too badly mm. um, and mm. um, you know with retail um, you know volume is do actually doing quite well um, at the same time the default rate so um, is, is actually pretty very very low yeah. which you've seen across the bank's loan book and all of that as well given consumers actually reasonably buoyant yeah. um, so e just even just considering the core business um, for a low team sort of multiple, um, it actually looks pretty good value at this point. Ah. And offering, you know, the blue sky upside, which probably will take some time to, to pan out because it's just so competitive in that space. And, you know, ah. as the larger player generally take all the market share. So we'll yep. see how they go on that front. So are you saying a yes at $1.23? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Adam? Oof, I'm on the fence on this one. <laughs> I, I got into a, a little <coughs> bit of trouble uh, yesterday. I was doing the ASX buy, hold, sell annual uh, webinar that we did and I put Flexi Group as a sell and then, oh. then yesterday they came out with this MasterCard <laughs> announcement yeah. and I was like, oh, I have to maybe change my recommendation <laughs> on that one. Um, look, I think it's a hold. I think, you know, this, there's, there's two things, the two key things you just said there, Jimbei. One was value. I agree there's value there. But it's, it's, it's what they've just talked about is playing catch up. And I, and I think they're just way too late, albeit one of the first to move in this space. Mm. They really have been left behind. And putting something in with a MasterCard or something like that, I think it makes sense. But MasterCard's also trying to play a lot of catch up with this as well. They're, right. they're starting to see credit card declining. They're starting to see their business getting shrunk by this buy now, pay later. And obviously moving into the US where there's only sort of three to 4% penetration of buy now, pay later, that, you know, we're at a 30% penetration here in Australia. So there is a lot of upside still to go. Mm. And I don't know if you saw, they won't announce it here in, in Australia, but Zip and QuadPay today just announced it, or last night in the US, they announced if QuadPay and you're using their browser, QuadPay's browser, you can buy on Google, you can buy on any of the, of the mm. sites and you can do a QuadPay kind of buy right. now, pay later. Right. So it is just becoming so much easier instead of pulling out your credit card or doing something like yeah. that, to just go online to buy these things and it's okay. already part of that uh, initial infrastructure. But will something like Flexi Group about to become a hum start riding that wave as well? It's yeah. at such a cheap valuation compared with the zips and the quad pays and the... Potentially, the but I would have thought that that would have happened six months ago if we get right. the chart back up, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> You know, th th yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that yeah. should have happened. That 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 literally should have happened. Oh, they've been left behind. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, maybe, but I, I think the horse has already bolted. Right. We know who we like. Our favourites. So look at that chart. Like, yeah. So I, I think you don't go into Flexi Group to buy their buy now pay later 
sort yeah. of product. Um, you're going to Flexi Group to really to buy the core business, given the valuation, it's actually been valued as the core business for that core business to have a better environment in the yeah. next 12 months. Okay, mm. all right. Uh, let's take a look at our fifth stock. Uh, Vince wants a view, Adam, on Doe. We're talking about another FinTech here. Uh, yeah. Basically a, a neo bank app. Uh, Doe uh, is designed for millennial and Jed Z uh, consumers. It's just uh, done a deal overseas for uh, in America to yeah. to actually use it. It's, I think it's the next version of Pocketbook, Pocketbook, which was bought by Zip. Uh, this is a separately listed one that uh, consolidates all your bank accounts and lets you manage your, your savings and, yeah. and, uh, and investing. So they sit in this uh, uh, cons- category of financial wellness. Yeah. Okay, so it's yeah. a neo bank, but doesn't take deposits and things like that. No. So it doesn't do you know, home loans and things like that. It's more in this sort of- uh, It manages your money. Financial you, wellness and helps you yeah. manage that via an app on your phone. So the actual uh, concept of it is fantastic. And yeah. look, you know, obviously, it just listed uh, the other day, and so it's uh, that's why it looks a little bit racy on the chart at the moment. But um, you know, and some of the stats that they came out when they're obviously moving into the U.S. It's that they're fifty percent of fifty-seven percent of Americans co- are considered financially unhealthy, okay. which is one hundred. So this is the addressable market. Correct. <laughs> I mean, you visit, whenever yeah. I see addressable market in a pitch deck, I go, "Yep, oh, yeah, make here, as large as here possible. we go." Yeah. <laughs> So debt levels are rising, you know, all of these kinds of things. So look, I think it's an actually, it's it's an okay product. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me, Jumbo, but I think I'd like to see a little bit more runs on the board. I'd like to see a little bit more water under the bridge. I'm not a huge, I mean, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of neobanks and I'm a fan of the way they are going to take uh, the market share of the big large banks. I, I, I like that. Uh, and they're nimble and they've got it all. Mm. But for me, uh, it's too early. And uh, if you've got it, I'd hold on to it because it's looking okay. But I, um, it, it would, yeah, it, it's a hold. See, I, I was a seed investor in uh, in Pocketbook, which mm. ended up being mm. bought out by Zip. Yes. So I know a bit about this space. Um, and it's all a data play, big data play where you can, uh, the AI gets in because you you bring all your uh, your bank and credit card transactions into the one app all the AI then can see when your payments are coming up. So mm. we'll know when your house repayment comes up or your home insurance or car insurance and be able to offer you better products in the lead up to it. It's quite smart if they do it well. Absolutely. Um, I think that's the thing. Um, there are lots of, it, this fintech space, we've really seen hundreds of yes. those little businesses targeting different areas. Um, and it's all about the data, it's about the platform, it's about ease of use, um, and it's about how much marketing you do, of course, to add scale, to grow yes. enough eyeball, enough um, mm. audience to it. Um, I think they are still at that uh, very, very early stage. If you compare domestically, you know, you've got the vault, uh, which has gone a, right. a few more years, and they yep. actually got the banking license as well. Yep. Um, so um, all of these are really eating at that, um, you know, the easy um, to win market where the banks aren't focusing on mm. some of those, uh, um, some of their technology and really not catching up with the easy yep. to use app and things. So um, for me, it's too early stage. Um, yep. It's, uh, we actually seen, our Australian market is actually quite new for this, but if you look at the UK market, if you like, um, that whole neo bank space has already gone through that rise in fall mm. and then slightly maturing. So we're yeah. still at that rise stage. Um, competition will come and it, you know, who wins? We're not so sure yet. Yep. It's all 
all about the quality, ease of access, and how much funding you have access to to really spend yeah. on marketing and gain people. Um, so yeah, way too early. That market really needs to mature. Um, if you look at some of the list of fintech already, Wiser, for example, they actually offer an app that is um, somewhat similar, but yep. of course not into that full uh, full suite of things, but into yep. the loan, and so people can manage their um, some of their accounts and things. So I think it's. Uh, you know, just yeah. there's a lot and, of competition. And Combank has a good app. Yeah, uh, that's right. Similar to this as well. So the banks, they really should take notice of this. Um, yeah. But I think the difficulty is that they got so many, um, you know, dated technologies. Difficult mm. to combine them. Yeah. Uh, the overall whole revamp of the entire CBA um, system, tech system, will be like billions of dollars. It's very difficult. So why don't they come and take some of these out? Like, why well, they, they try. The, the banks, are so they try to align with themselves. But to take them private, diff or take them into the banks is difficult because they never sit Again, properly within the bank. Yeah, 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 it's the yeah. then you have layers of management who yeah, you know yeah. how do you manage those class of culture. exactly so <laughs> what the bank has started doing if you look at some of the other example with band now pay later and things they partner with those West companies yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right nice. partner with those businesses yeah. and see how they go mm. i think yeah. that's probably more interesting okay all right so let's recap our first five stocks in this edition of the call plus our stock of the day uh, red bubble a speculative buy from both adam and jumbay um, Whitehaven call, a yes from Adam, a no from Jumbay, um, two no's for Tilt. Uh, Althea, a no from both. Uh, Flexi Group, a hold uh, from Adam. Jumbay thinks it's you know, good value, buy into, uh, into that sector. And Doe is too early to get involved, but an interesting business. Uh, here on the call, we have our own portfolio. We've been tracking since the 1st of July. Any stock that gets two thumbs up, two ticks, like Redbubble has done, even as a speculative buy, it goes into the calls portfolio. Um, by our two experts, let's see how it's performing for oh, the week. We're up uh, half a percent for the Ooh. month, uh, just over 9%, and year to date, since the 1st of July, we're up 40%. Um, I might, can we double check that? Um, I was like, I'm not sure the 40%. That's because we put zero course, back in the portfolio. <laughs> yeah, <that's yeah>. right. <laughs> exactly, which I think will be the next Neobank myself if they've got anything. They've got every small business client on their books and to start offering them financial products would be an easy step forward. Yeah. Of course, uh, all that goes um, into our NAB trade uh, portfolio and that's how we track it all. Uh, some of the stocks that we've recently added, Credit Clear, uh, Duke Exploration, My Deal, uh, Credit Corp, Ioneer, stocks that have come out. So if uh, there's a stock in our portfolio and it comes up again for adjudication and doesn't get unanimous approval, then goes out of the portfolio. CSL, uh, take some profits on there according to that expert panel that made that decision and also BHP. If you want to check out uh, what's in the calls, uh, NAB trade portfolio, just go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Uh, our sixth stock you want us to take a look at uh, is from Simon, and Simon wants uh, a look at Superloop Jumbay. This is like an, an MBN business, isn't it? NBN connectivity business. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, 
look, it's a, the business itself is reasonably defensive. So there's a big pipeline. They're taking the, um, they're building the wire, um, the, the fiber into fiber. the buildings, um, the yeah. larger buildings. Um, one of the most exciting things over well, a few years ago, I guess, was about this business was they have all those licenses and to build in Hong Kong, um, Southeast Asia, and potentially building out other markets in Singapore and the like. And the, the problem has been that those markets, um, though the addressable market is enormous, yep. um, but it's incredibly competitive. And they found a lot of issues of, um, you know, um, the, because the market over there is so different from here. And then, um, you know, how the land law works um, over there compared to Australia is completely different. And right. they, they really struggle to, mm. to build enough scale to make it profitable. Um, and to me, um, that side of the business remained to be the blue sky, but I think it's very unlikely for it mm. to, to really drive it any further. So, um, so for the core business, I think they had a CEO change as well. Um, it's just a little bit just a little bit challenging. It's a no from me, right. um, and um, you know, without being you know a, a, a blue sky further down the track to really um, drive the significant return. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was a little bit, uh, I guess, and not annoyed, but a little bit disappointed with the guidance that they came out with. They came out with a guidance of sort of eighteen to twenty million for two thousand and twenty, and sort of moving forward. But um, that was that was two to three million dollars lower than potentially what the market was thinking. So that again uh, is is a downgrade, really, in anyone's uh, language. So I think short term they've got some problems. Potentially longer terms with the fibre sales looking fairly strong, and uh, their enterprise business potentially having some more market share. I think it looks okay. There's plenty of other better fibre businesses out there. Aussie Broadband would be one that I would right. stick to straight away. That is, because it was only recently listed, wasn't correct. it? Correct, only recently listed. But uh, you're a big fan of Aussie Broadband too, were you? From memory, still doing some work. No, still doing some work. Yeah, I like, I like. It. They're, they're due an upgrade in the next coming couple of months, so it's it's a great right. little story and um, has done very very well. So I'd stay closer to home for that fibre stuff. Uh, as as Jumbe rightly pointed out, overseas markets are well saturated and very competitive and margins are very, very skinny. Right. So it, it's a no from me as okay. well. All right, Aussie Broadband, if you want to get in that ABB sector, is the one to look <laughs> at. All right, uh, our next stock, uh, Adam, is, uh, comes from Nick. It wants a view on supermarket giant Coles. What stock's that again? Yeah. That one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, supermarkets. Um, fantastic. Um, uh, it's a buy from me. Oh. I don't know if Jumbe, uh, well, I don't care if you don't agree with me. I think it's a buy. I think the it's a arrogance. buy. I know. <laughs> I'm going to pay homage to you in a second. Don't worry. It's all right. Um, but look, Coles, I think like for like sales were really, really strong, sort of up nine, 900.7%. So, you know, it, without Victoria even in there, it was up 7.7%. So, um, look, I think that can't last. So you've got to have a realization that like for like sales are going to normalize and like right. for like sales are basically yep. every quarter they tell us how much they've sold. Um, the growth was fairly good throughout the whole of the business. Fuel volume was good. Uh, liquor was good. Uh, inflation on their prices. So in other words, they're able to raise their prices slowed a little bit. Yep. But I think overall, it's a fantastic business. Mm. I still always put it in clients portfolios because we always need bread, milk and cheese and uh, it's either Woolworths or Coles. I think Coles is doing a better job at this at the moment. Woolworths uh, sales or their like for like sales were fairly comparable this quarter, yeah. but I think- um, How do you get growth though? It's such a crowded market, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah but um, Shopkins, 
Right. You know, little these little things. I mean, the all wife right. came home yesterday. You might laugh, but the wife came home yesterday and she said, look, I got all these knives from Coles, uh, you know, and she was like, oh, well, we're going to get the whole set. So she's going to go back over the next right. four weeks to spend $400 a so week or whatever. Right. It's the marketing that then brings those people in. It's also the product range, and I think they're changing the product range. A lot of people are going um, organic or macro and those kinds of things. And if they have those kinds of products, you might be a small portion of your shop, but you go there because they stock those lines of, uh, of, right. of products. So right. again, I'm only going on what my wife says, but um, she goes there because they hold these three sets of lines that the kids love, and then right. hence we go do our shopping there. Um, you're right, it is, um, it is hard to get that growth, but there are those initiatives or those levers that they can pull. And I think it's just a fantastic dividend stock. Oh, yes, right. as a yield stock. Right. Dividend stock. Yeah. as well as a little bit of growth okay. and it has done very, very well. So All right, so my 86-year-old mum is complaining to me about turn deposit rates going, I can't bear this anymore. I've, I've put well, a you may need to look up the risk scale and you'll say, is Coles one of those yes, absolutely. that you'd put your mother into instead of turn deposit? I've put a basket of shares together if anybody wants to contact me, but I've put a <laughs> right. basket of shares together that has reasonable dividend yield with growth a reliable dividend yield, right. and then basically getting low some volatility. low volatility. And I've got nine stocks in the top 100 in the ASX oh. 100. That will, uh, there is a couple of banks in there, but uh, the rest of them, I've put a, a list together and I've been sending out to clients and we'll be doing some great business oh. around it. I'll get mum to call you. Okay. Absolutely. Gervais, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Coles? All right, I think that whole consumer staple space is very defensive. It is part of your portfolio you should always have. Yep. That's for sure. Now, comparing to Coles, I'll absolutely be going for Woolworth, um, just in terms mm. of relative share price performance. Now, Woolworth was the market leader for a very long time. and uh, But of course, over the last few years, Coles has done a bit better job. So the momentum is coming back a little bit. And Correct. of course, offer lower base as well in terms of um, you know the earnings base and right. so they did a slightly better comp over the last uh, seven eight months now Woolworth um, so far our industry feedback has been that Woolworth is on the way back so the latest mm. um, quarterly number was because was over 10% yep. uh, was right. very very strong yep. um, and so uh, so on that basis I think Woolworth uh, and under share price has underperformed Coles quite a bit so Woolworth represent a good buy from here and then they've got other catalysts coming up as well they're separating their drinks business as well so usually during those separations you realize a lot of value so um, wow. you know you combine these Woolworth is a better play now in terms of the growth for supermarket yes See, that, uh, yeah sorry uh, uh, oh, me interrupting there that, uh, thank you for doing that Sarah if, if you look at the one year Coles has been the most favored has it and mm. Woolworths has lag is that that's what right. you're saying yeah. that's that right they're the two giants, but if you want value, Woolies has been left behind and there could be growth in it. Yeah, there's more capital return opportunities. Right. So okay. in the next 12 months, uh, it will deliver more return. Share price will go higher as a percentage compared to what Coles would do, right. simply because of one mm. is it's lagged because it was the reason it's lagged because one is it was much more expensive than yeah, Coles before yeah. the year started yeah. and now it's uh, it's, it's, it's yeah so it, it's actually similar now and then but with all these earnings momentum coming back so your earning up is in upgrade cycle and yeah. then also you got the separation of the asset so mm. with combine all of that you're you know you're potentially looking at total return much higher than Coles right right but 
Oh, put that aside. No, 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 no. I don't the, like the butt. Yeah, yeah, no, no, the butt is this is not disclaimer. This is a disclaimer. So, um, the, the, in terms of growth question, coming back to the growth question, yeah. uh, so investors need to be realized. Uh, need to realize that ten percent like for like growth just not sustainable right. because of the COVID. People are staying shopping at well, people are shopping at Coles and Woolies more. Yeah. Um, they're cooking at home more. That's because there's lockdown. There's still you know return to shops, return to work has yet to um, you know fully taken place um, yeah. across on a nation, nationwide basis. Um, it, we started seeing some of the supermarket data started to soften yeah. because people start returning to work and things and where Victoria lockdown will start opening up and things and we, when people start traveling and the like, um, uh, six months later, we will see that number becoming a mm. little bit more negative just okay. because yeah. it's just it been we went through this huge... Usually at 5%. Three to five percent life for life. Exactly. Sales. That's where they normally. That's sit. where they normally sit, yeah. and uh, both of them had done a great job by introducing exciting things to drive shoppers back in, like yeah. you know um, the the ushis, the yep. the little yeah. books that calls had. You know, they. Well, I'm a shopper. I just keep switching from one to the other. Yeah. Um, but I think they're both doing a great job. So mm. right now it's perfect environment. Dividend will look really good. Um, it's just that be realistic that earning will fall. Um, okay. You know, twelve months down the track. So Woolworths, uh, the better bet. That was a great discussion, and Sarah, who's piloting the call today, putting up the two two charts. I reckon she ambushed you then, Adam, <laughs> and sort of and goes, "No, nah, I agree with you, mate. Look at these two charts." I'll get well a later. Don't you worry about that. I'll get up. Uh, our uh, next stock, uh, Derek wants a view on Elmo, the uh, the big payroll and and rostering software business. I quite like it. Um, it is not very expensive. Um, yeah. So, um, and then it's got a very strong um, ongoing recurring revenue um, type of you know type of business. Uh, it's done quite well in Australia, um, and uh, now of course it just started going to um, other markets, which does expand that total addressable market right. uh, for the business. Um, and um, and the share price, you know, um, sort of lagged what its other mm. peers have done. Um, so on that basis, I put that on a buy. Um, I think it's good value, uh, mm. but um, that addressable market, hopefully they can build more of those businesses to build scale okay. in that space. Adam? I'm gonna go with Jumbo on this one. Right. Yeah, I think it's a buy. I, I think, you know, it. I've never been a real fan of this one. I like a couple of the other one, the other SaaS platforms, and there's plenty of them out there. Um, yeah. But in this HR space, I think they're okay. Um, they've just bought a, a UK acquisition called Breathe. It's a UK small-based business HR SaaS platform, if you can keep up with that one. But basically, it's in that sort of less than 50 uh, employee market. So it's a very right. small market. Some of the numbers, though, to be considered, I think it's trading on a very, very good valuation. In fact, it's, it's well below its uh, standard deviation, but also well below the industry. So I think that they potentially could get some catch-up. But one of the things that we need to be uh, considered is the ARPU, which is the average revenue per user. And here in Australia, they're at around about $33,000, whereas the UK one, it's at $1,000. Oh, okay, so, so it's the, a tougher market. It's a lot tougher, the margins are a lot skinnier, and they're going to have to work a lot harder. So only time will tell for this mm. breathe acquisition, which they've basically then had uh, acquired 6,700 paying customers. So it's not a big right. business at all as well. No. But the addressable market, you've got to think that this is trading on a good valuation. And SaaS is all about revenue dropping to the bottom line as more and more people come onto the platform. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we put it in the portfolio to buy okay. from me. Excellent. All right. Uh, now, Joe wants a view, Adam, on Unibail, Redemco, Westfield, the big Westfield shopping centres. 
This is where I pay homage <laughs> to Jumbay because two weeks ago we were on this show and you said centre group and you said uh, the reopening trade and I was like, nah, you've got time. Don't worry about it. And guess what happened? Centre group as well as Unibail were down. And I don't know if you bought Unibail, but I know you got Centre Group in the portfolio. I have a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> <there you go. laughs> right. And uh, Unibail, Redamco up 40, 50%. Yeah. Uh, One day it was 40%. The, the, these 1%. are the o- overseas Westfields. That's right. Right. So yeah. that, that and Centre Group is the Australian Westfield chart. That sales. chart doesn't give it justice for the actual amount of price move that this thing had. So I, I yeah. take my hat off to you. And. You, uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> and. 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 Lunch is on me next time. Um, but yeah, look, um, Centre Group obviously doing the same thing as well with Unibail, moving in the right direction. Is it a buy from here? Uh, I'm still uh, undecided. Uh, it's a hold from me. I, I still... Sitting on the fence. Uh, You're yeah, trying to see to consensus. No, no, I, I, I'm giving you credit where credit's due. Absolutely. Um, you know, for, it's just a tough market and I've never been a real fan of it. Uh, for me, I'd buy an ETF that has all of those in there and I wouldn't need to have the concentration risk of one or the other. Some people like that. I I know a couple of my clients followed your recommendations two weeks ago and they're very, very happy on the back of it, even though I said, oh, I don't think so. They went and did it anyway. Isn't that a, gr- isn't that a isn't great client, Jumbay? <laughs> Absolutely. You chop him up, but no, we believe uh, Jumbay. Well, that's, as I said, my hat's off to you. You did the right, it was the right call. Uh, but for me still, um, yeah, I, I buy an ETF, get across the diversification across those right. things. And there's a good international one, DJRE, which is a Dow Jones Global Real Estate Fund that has all of those uh, shopping centers in there. Oh. I think that's a better risk play okay. than going the individual ones. Okay. All right, so I'll give you uh, another chance once I say my recommendation <laughs> to, so you can have a go. So uh, with this one, with Unibail, the, the offshore one, at this price, I'll be selling it. I oh, absolutely yeah. will be selling nice it. Nice one. Um, I will be, you know, I'm very comfortable holding Centre Group within Australia yeah. because our caseload are not bad. They're very, very good yeah. indeed compared to yeah. the others. And the Australian landscape is very different in shopping centre. Um, you know, we still have, um, you know, huge amount of uh, volume or traffic that goes through through those shopping centres and we don't have that many much supply to really affect the long-term prospects. So on that basis, you'll be buying, you know, Centre Group and all of that, still huge valuation upside. Yeah. But with that, uh, the, the, the offshore one, um, first of all, um, the caseload in Europe is horrendous. Yeah. Well, you're all um, going back into lockdown. Exactly. Yeah. So on that basis, you actually will see downgrades, significant downgrades to um, you, you know any business exposed to that front. Um, and also with that Westfield, that business, they have a lot of debt. So literally means that not that there's uh, at the moment there's no earning for the foreseeable future at this right. point for the next six months. Um, and uh, you got a lot of debt load. So how do you manage that through? Um, at the same time, the structural headwind is probably getting worse for those um, those shopping centers in those markets yeah. because the supply has been phenomenal over the last many years. So uh, I will be selling that. I'll be absolutely right. taking profits. So you've had a good run up, take the profits now, Wait for the. You can just put into domestic one because right, domestic. Going to you will we're, be going to center. We'll be going to even the offices. So is that, that a good buy? That's a good buy. Center, center even at this right. price. Yeah. Well, right. it's it's great at this price. Still, yeah. as maybe a thirty percent discount to its value. Right. Um, but it did have a strong run, so it maybe did. you can time your entry. Yeah. Um, it is coming off a little bit today, and also other ones to look at is the offices as well. You know, premium office space. You will see M and A picking up very soon. Yes. So you should Agreed. really. 
Unibail, you will be taking profit. Uh, right. I, you know, I think it's um, it's it's absolutely done okay. for the near term. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good discussion there. Uh, thank you for that suggestion. Now, Leslie wants to view uh, Jumbay on O Media, the big outdoor advertising company, is that? That's right. So that business, I think a few, uh, maybe a few months ago, it came up and we, we talked about it's actually really interesting. Um, but the thing is, it had a lot of debt. And yeah. if that foot traffic doesn't come back and, you know, potentially could create a bit of problem. So what has happened since then is that this company does have a lot of exposure to airports. So clearly airport, nothing's coming back in the airport front. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but with the other side of business, um, it just seems like the advertising is slowly coming back. Um, it just, you know, as in less negative than what it was before. So we're yeah. seeing the advertising market for media is actually pretty good now. Um, you know, TV, we've seen pretty good SMI data. We've seen radios, even radios coming back a little bit. Yeah. And outdoor, um, you know, mm. once the full lockdown gets opened, um, the roads, um, the yeah. some of those areas, and they're, um, also they're in coming back. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So it seems like it's coming back, um, yeah. but it's still a little bit speculative because it's, it's still, you know, uh, very, mm. very leveraged to the full reopening of the airports and the like. So um, it's early stage. It's a hold for me at this point because right. I had a big run uh, okay. with that whole reopening trade. I'll wait for it to come back. Okay. I think these guys have done really well and it's, and it's a hold for me, no doubt about it. I've never been a fan of outdoor media or any kind of advertising because generally it's the first one to be if things yep. get bad mm. but the reopening trade as you say potentially could have that they did come out with a better than expected revenue uh, they delivered revenue growth of negative 33 percent compared mm. to the sector of negative 34 percent so it's a terrible sector isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> a little yeah, bit yeah, a little yeah. bit of a positive there but really it's about cost cost out and this business has been working very very hard on that cost out uh, side of uh, revenue trajectory or, or getting rid of those costs um, for me i think trading conditions still remain challenging uh, it's something that i wouldn't be going close to at the moment but i still that reopening trade there will be a time when these yeah. things will start to move and potentially that's when you want to do it but i think uh, it's a good leverage to the market's recovery but i think a little bit too early okay for me. All right, well. let's just recap our final five stocks. Uh, Superloop, a no from both Adam and Jumbay. Uh, but if you want to get into that sector, Adam likes Aussie Broadband. Uh, Coles, a yes from, uh, from Adam. Uh, Jumbay prefers Woolworths uh, to Coles because um, Coles has had a run up, Woolworths still building. Uh, a yes on Elmo. And of course, that goes into the Coles portfolio from both of them. Uh, Unibar Westfield, a, uh, a hold from Adam. He prefers a more diverse view going to an ETF, Dow Jones uh, Real yeah, Estate. Or VAP, which is the Vanguard Australian Vanguard. property okay. one. Is a better one to do. Uh, Jumbay, who's ridden Unibail up with this last leg, is now selling, and you should too, because it's top of the market. Um, and O Media is a hold from both of them. Adam Dawes from Shaw, good to see you. Yeah. Jumbay Loon, good to see you good from Tribeca. And you're on next week's last call, not, uh, not Fantastic. tonight as well. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll have another drink next Friday night. Um, that's it from us uh, for today's uh, episode of The Call. If you'd like to uh, send any suggestions into us, you can do it via email, just the call at ausbiz.com.au. Or if you're going through Twitter, use the at TV Twitter handle. Reminder, if you want to see any of the stocks in the Coles portfolio, and today we have added Elmo to it, 
uh, just go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio.